Whether you are starting a business or running a business, maybe you are producing a podcast like The Kara Golden Show. Let's face it, it's always way harder than one might expect. Lots of little details, meticulous planning, producing product, guest coordination, editing, promoting each episode. It's all a ton of work. Managing merchandise, managing cases and book sales too, layer after layer of complexity. And if you're like me, looking for ways to operate more efficiently and effectively is the name of the game. That's why I'm going to let you in on a little secret. ShipStation, the tool that is here to help you and you need to know all about it. With ShipStation, you can integrate with all the places you sell online, optimize your shipping, save costs and time. Personally, ShipStation has been a lifesaver for me. Its automation features allow me to manage orders from anywhere and print shipping labels with just a click. Seriously, it's that easy. And the cost savings? Unbelievable. With discounts up to 89% off carrier rates, you can't go wrong. Significant savings. And who doesn't want that? An easy-to-use dashboard, robust reporting. Oh, and did I mention that over 130,000 companies have leveraged ShipStation to grow their businesses? Not much churn either. 98% of them stay with ShipStation because it truly works. ShipStation is it. So if you're ready to streamline your shipping process and focus more on what you love, head over to ShipStation.com, the innovative tool that helps turn your shipping challenges into opportunities for growth. Go to ShipStation.com and use code CARA to sign up for your free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com, code CARA. Use code CARA for a free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com, promo code CARA. I am unwilling to give up, that I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out. Knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control. 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 Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders. We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everyone. It's Kara Golden from The Kara Golden Show, and I am so thrilled to have my next guest here. We have Patty Sellers, who is the co-founder and co-CEO of Sellers Easton Media, and she is also the co-founder of Fortune's Most Powerful Women, in addition to being a former editor from Fortune Magazine. We'll get into that a little bit more. She's now hung a shingle and has uh, gone out to start her first company, which is Sellers Easton, and we'll talk a lot more about that. She started the company with fellow senior Fortune editor, Nina Easton, and Patty spent 32 years at Fortune as a journalist, but as I mentioned, in addition, she co-founded the Fortune Most Powerful Women program, the largest and most valuable franchise to date for Fortune. Over the years, she 
she earned the trust of countless CEOs and other global leaders, including familiar names like Warren Buffett, Melinda Gates, and Oprah Winfrey, just to name a few. And then Patty decided that it was time for her to go out on her own and start this incredible company, which I can't wait to hear more about. So without further ado, welcome, Patty. Thank you, Kara. It's great to be here. I've been a fan of this show for years. Very, very excited to have you. So I would love to start way back at the beginning. You grew up in Allentown, Pennsylvania, and you were an only child. Do I have that correct? I I think I still am an only child. Forever an only child. Did you always think that you would be a journalist? Uh, did you ever think that you would start your own company? I, what What did you think when you were a little girl that you were going to be doing? So when I was a little girl, I asked a lot of questions. Like a lot of little girls ask a lot of questions in general, but I asked a crazy amount of questions and my parents thought I should be a lawyer. They thought I'd be great in the courtroom. And I love to read and love to write. I really started thinking, I guess, you know, probably at the beginning of high school, when I joined the school newspaper, I thought about being a journalist. And I went to the University of Virginia and I ended up being a co-editor, you know, a senior editor of the newspaper there, the daily newspaper. And then my last year... A friend of mine, um, a college friend of mine and I started a magazine called Creator, which was about creative and innovative people in and around Charlottesville, Virginia. And this this was the early 80s when the unemployment rate, it's hard to believe this now, but the unemployment rate was in the mid teens. There were no jobs. And I dreamed of going to New York and I wanted to work for like New York Magazine or something like that, like a sort of arts and culture and had no interest in business, couldn't find a job. And um, I was dating a guy who knew a woman who was starting a weekly business newspaper in Northern Virginia. And I met her and she hired me as an intern. And I found I really liked business writing. For two reasons, I thought, well, these people that I'm interviewing are actually smart and these people can actually get things done. And that intrigued me. So interesting. So you ended up taking a role there. You became an editor, a managing editor. Well, no, no, I, 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 I. I did a gig for two years at this startup business newspaper and found I like business writing. So when it came to, you know, two years out, I was like, oh, maybe I could actually get a job with a magazine in New York now. And I applied to the big three, Forbes and Fortune and Business Week. And they're very different magazines. I mean, I ended up spending 30 over 30 years writing for Fortune. And now I see how different they are. But at the time, they were sort of all the same. And Fortune offered me my first job and I took it and it was the best place for me because Forbes is Forbes is like an investors magazine and Business Week is a news weekly. And I, you know, I was inclined to write. I wanted to write about people. I wanted to write about people who were kind of changing the world. 
And I definitely ended up doing that. But some of the names you mentioned, like Oprah Winfrey and Warren Buffett and Bill Gates and, 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 and Melinda Gates and Rupert Murdoch and Ted Turner and all those like sort of um, master of the universe kind of. How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around, available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn quicker and easier than you ever imagined to. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip. Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning, too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. No English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long, term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is The Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, the Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? You can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. 
I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is Super well done, I think. It makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. And if you ever thought that the Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of The Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good to miss. Now is the time to sign up for The Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. People. What was your first kind of, oh my gosh, I'm writing a story about them. Do you remember that person? Who was that story? The first story I traveled for, uh, which I remember extremely well because it was a big deal. Uh, and it was like a big story in the magazine. I, I flew to St. Louis and interviewed August Bush III. You know, he's like the great-grandson of the founder right. of Anheuser-Busch. And he was a terror. This man was a just a, a really, like, unbelievably tough boss and tried not to let him intimidate me. And I mean, I was an English major in college. I yeah. never even took accounting. So I always felt like I could easily be exposed and, you know, and appear, but, you know, you, you, what you do in those situations, and this was, this was the 1980s. This was like, you know, women, it, it was a very different environment. And I just always felt that if I asked enough questions, my true talent, and, um, I'm also kind of gullible and I, but I just sort of kind of warded that off by overworking and over-researching and asking, asking more questions maybe than others did. In those early years of writing, were you one of the few women on the team? Well, in terms of like, as I moved up into the writing ranks, it was pretty much like there were these researchers at Fortune, and that was kind of a gender, a mixed gender kind of pool. It was mostly men who were writers at Fortune, and then there was um, Carol Loomis, who uh, right. I think you yeah. met, and she's 92 years old now, and I talk to her at least once a month, and she's a dear, dear friend, and she... She turned out to be, she spent um, 60 years at Fortune. She turned wow. out to be a sort of legend of business journalist, journalism. And, you know, she was a role model. So I had a, a female role model. And, and um, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't lonely at all in terms of women. But, you know, there never was until today a female top editor of Fortune, for example. Right. It was very male-dominated. Right, especially for business stories, I would imagine you would, uh, you know, more likely to see 
a woman at People magazine or, you know, obviously InStyle wasn't around, but, you know, more obvious. But business, I think there were few and far between. And I just think you were such a trailblazer on so many, you know, fronts, whether or not you see that or not. But when I think back on some of the interviews that you did and some of the pieces that you did, you actually had 20 covers, over 20 covers for Fortune, which is wild. Yeah, 20 20 or so. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just wild. What was one of the best pieces of leadership advice that you received when you think back on, wow, that was a great interview. That was an excellent piece that I did that you're most proud of, that you, you know, kind of maybe surprised you from a leadership standpoint standpoint that had you really thinking? There are a couple of things that as I got into, you know, early on, it was, it was writing about, Fortune was all about writing about male leaders without, without facial hair. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was white male leaders without facial hair when I started in the eighties, conservative in suits, uh, white, and, you know, they had as a certain, they had a certain look. It was only in the 90s that I started writing about women. It was 1998 when we started Most Powerful Women. But in the 90s and 2000s, I started, more women started coming into power. And a couple of them really left me with ideas that stuck in my head. And one of them um, was Oprah. I went to see her. I went to interview her for like three hours in her office without a bathroom break. It was unbelievable. <laughs> and no PR person in the room. Like when you interview Oprah, it's like she she acts like you're her best girlfriend. Yeah. And it's very seductive. But like three hours in there. We ended up holding that story to two th- till 2002 because when 9-11 happened, we you know, we're not going to put Oprah on the cover of that next issue. It was the most powerful women issue. But, you know, she she had this aversion to power, to the word power. And when we started Most Powerful Women, a lot of the women who were on the list, Meg Whitman, who was running eBay at the time, you know, the very few Fortune 500, female Fortune 500 CEOs. And I just never got that. Like, I never understood that. First of all, we try, we started, we, tr- we decided to call this list the most powerful women list. And it really bothered me that these powerful women were not comfortable with the word power. And the day I met Sheryl Sandberg for the first time, which was over coffee in New York when she was at Google before she even went to Facebook. Um, she said to me, she said, this most powerful women thing that you started, it's interesting, but she said, we share calendars at Google and I can't even put, uh, I'm coming to your conference for the first time. I can't even put most powerful women on my calendar because it'll like, people will be like, what? And I was like, I kind of rolled my eyes at it. And I'm like, Cheryl, I didn't even, you know, I'm just meeting her for the first time. But I said, you know, Power is what you make it. Yeah. It is what you make it. And eventually, Cheryl came around to that. Um, Oprah came around to that. Oprah Oprah ended up, like, you know, embracing power in a big way. And I, I subsequently talked to her about it. But that is the idea that left me with more of a, 
sort of a, a leadership challenge, so to speak. And I ended up building, you know, speeches around that and a whole kind of a whole career around it. Um, the other thing that I, this is a, this is a sort of a phrase that I started talking about in my speeches that Sheryl Sandberg subsequently ad- adopted, which is this idea of your career as jungle gym. And the idea that you shouldn't, especially in today's unpredictable, fast-changing world, think about your career as a ladder, because who knows what the, you know, what the, what the good thing is going to be next year, much less tomorrow. And, um, you know, we all thought crypto was something, right? Totally. So think about, don't climb the ladder. Think about your career as a jungle gym. Keep your peripheral vision sharp. Always be looking over here for opportunities over here and here for opportunities. And maybe look down, maybe look lateral, maybe look down. And Cheryl ended up writing about this and nicely crediting me uh, in Lean In. Uh, there's a whole chapter about about the jungle gym. Exactly. So given your point on the jungle gym, obviously the pandemic uh, for the last couple of years, I think we've really been able to see true leadership along the way through this time. Just because you're a CEO, it doesn't mean that you're actually leading in the way that maybe uh, others are. What do you see as one of the key things leaders needed to show during that incredibly challenging time? Who did you see was doing it right? Well, first of all, flexibility, um, which may be a surprising answer, but um, flexibility, adaptability are, I believe, besides integrity and trustworthiness and all that, are the most important leadership qualities today, and they're going to continue to be. I mean, if you're not flexible, if you're not adaptable, you're dead. Um, authenticity obviously became ever more important, um, you know, at Sellers Easton. <laughs> now I'll do my plug. Um, at Sellers Easton, we help companies and their executives build leadership platforms and profiles. And Nina Easton and I, my co-CEO, spent decades writing about leaders, profiling leaders, interviewing leaders on stage, and not just CEOs, but, you know, world leaders. In, in, in Nina's case, she was the, the Washington editor for Fortune. And often people do not. You can be like the smartest executive in the world, but you're living your life. So you can't see your life from the outside. You can't see the forest for the trees and you can have your mission, vision and values. But it's like, uh, unless you have someone who can sort of like step back and look at all that for you from afar and help you sort of shape your story. So that's what, that's what we do. And authenticity the authentic nature of that person is at the core. 15 years ago, when I did this cover story about Melinda Gates, it was the first, it was the first solo profile she ever agreed to do. She was so nervous and I was, I felt like I was holding something precious in my hands. And I, and I started that interview asking her about her childhood. I said, I never do this, but, but I'm doing this profile about you and we're going to start like, 
we're going to start with your childhood and we're just going to go forward from there. And I never stopped doing it that way after that story because I found that if you, and I, today at Sellers Easton, if I'm, if we have a new client, first thing I ask them is tell me about like, what were you like as a child? What were your parents like? What did they do? Did you have brothers and sisters? What did you want to be when you were 10 years old, when you were 16 years old? Because there's no artifice to those answers. Uh, unless you had a terrible childhood and you don't want to talk right, about it right. or something like that. But it really makes you understand who the person is. And I just find that, you know, that if I were doing a story about you, Kara, rather than the other way around right now, I mean, I would be asking you about your childhood first. And you you did it with me. You, you know, you brought up Allentown. Yeah, definitely. Well, is it hard to tease these stories out? I mean, you start with that. It's it's almost like an icebreaker, I guess, in, in some ways. But if I understand the mission behind what you're doing at Sellers Easton, too, I mean, you're really helping craft the story that the person wants to tell, right? Yeah, I've, I've sold out. Yes, I have sold out. Uh, I'm no longer a journalist. I'm a recovering journalist. Now I help people tell the story they want to tell. Right, which is <laughs> which is great. But it sounds great to say that you want to share a story. But is it tough to get people to really understand, you know, what that story is? Well, I mean, that's my job. I, I mean, my job is to ask the right questions and then help them understand their story and to help them discover things about themselves that they didn't know. And that is a successful interview or a successful project when someone says to me, wow, I never really thought about that that way. And that's like the biggest compliment in the world to me. Um, it's not hard just because, I mean, listen, I, I've been doing it for over 30 years. I, I'm a good inner, I'm a really good inner. You are. And so Absolutely. is Nina Easton, my co-CEO. And so is Eben Shapiro, who we just hired from Time Magazine. He was the number two editor at Time. He's a rock star. He was, um, he was a senior editor at the Wall Street Journal before that. But, you know, we have decades of experience and you know, interviewing, kind of getting the story, that's just step one. And then kind of seeing the forest for the trees, as I like to say, um, what, is the, what is the through line here? What's the narrative of this company or of this person, this amazing person? And then finding a way to tell their story, whether it's... Uh, you know, whether it's a, a LinkedIn article, a blog post, an op-ed, a video, a film, we're doing like, we're doing full-fledged documentaries now. We just did one of my, probably my favorite project that I did this year. Um, one of my favorites was um, Eli Broad was this amazing billionaire philanthropist and businessman who had built two Fortune 500 companies, KB Home, the home builder, Kaufman and Broad, that used to be called, and um, Sun America, which he sold to AIG for like $17 billion. And he became a very, very rich man and ended up being a, an amazing philanthropist. 
had, has the Broad Museum in, in LA, but he died last year and his widow and their foundation commissioned us to do an hour long documentary. I interviewed Mike Bloomberg and uh, Jeff Coons, the artist, and Frank Gehry, the architect, and all sorts of amazing, Nancy Pelosi. Um, and um, it's an amazing film. And now, you know, I kind of prefer to do stories about people when they're alive. Yeah. But this is a wonderful legacy project. I love it. So people who start companies, founders and entrepreneurs, the consistent thread, no matter what industry they're in, they hear a ton of no's. And it's probably the most challenging thing, especially if you've been working inside of a large company. I hear this over and over again from people that it can be deflating at times. You're like, what am I doing? I mean, what am I doing wrong? You start to question, is this going to be like this forever? Whatever it is. I'm curious, what was the most difficult part of kind of getting this going and trying to figure out exactly how to deal with that? So we didn't raise any money for this company. I mean, the wonderful thing about this company, unlike Hint, is that you don't have to manufacture anything. Yeah, that's <laughs> you true. Know, it comes from up here and my, my, my fingers on the, on, the, on the keyboard. You know, we work with filmmakers. We're, we just finished a film with two-time award-winning, uh, Academy Award-winning documentary filmmaker, Barbara Koppel. So we work with great people or we do it, do it ourselves. I mean, honestly, Kara, um, business is really good and we have lots of clients and the, um, I'm just finishing a book project, a private book project for Peter Lynch, the, um, I don't think he'd mind my saying Peter Lynch, the famous investor who everybody knew in the, in the eighties and nineties, he built Fidelity's Magellan Fund into the world's biggest uh, mutual front fund from like, you know, from the ground up. So I'm doing a private, he's such a wonderful man. I'm doing a private um, book for him now. And uh, I don't have a next book. So I'm kind of looking for my next book if anybody is interested. Um, But um, we do have a lot of business and, you know, it's been challenging. I never, I never managed before. I never managed a team. We have a fantastic team. Luckily, I have a really good co-CEO in Nina Easton, who is kind of a better manager than I am. So um, I'm really good at bringing in the business. I want to mention two things that um, really address your question of getting no. Um, we just completed this, um, major documentary. It's called Gumbo Coalition and we're in the process of trying to sell it now. Uh, we're in some film festivals. Feedback has been amazing. It's with two directed by two time Academy Award winning director, Barbara Koppel. It's, it's a, it's a really good film and we had to raise, a lot of money for, to make that film over five years. Um, it was dialing for dollars and it was really frustrating. And we almost didn't, didn't get, you know, we almost weren't able to, to uh, finish the film. Procter and Gamble came in, uh, God love Mark Pritchard, the chief brand officer at Procter and Gamble, such a great guy. And he helped us out and enabled us to finish the film. 
I have found, and I know how relentless you are at, in dealing with no's, I actually, I actually am kind of turned on by it. Um, I'm rarely discouraged. I just get more determined. And I never really knew that about myself because I never really had to do it. Um, early in 2022, we launched a nonprofit, a women's leadership nonprofit I called was, Journey. I was going to ask you about that. About, yeah, but we've had to raise money for that too. And it's not easy. This is a nonprofit. And it is not easy to raise money. That's what I've learned. Talk to me a little bit about uh, journeys. So Nina and I had been, you know, we had been the sort of lead architects of building Most Powerful Women, the summits around the world. And I had co-founded Most Powerful Women and we built it from a list to an issue in the mag, you know, an issue of the magazine and a conference and then global conferences and a community, a global community. It's, you know, my baby. And I continued to be involved in it until like two years ago. And now we're completely gone from fortune. Nina Easton and I are completely gone from fortune. And we don't want to give up the job of doing all we can to empower women and to equip women to, to move into higher leadership positions. The numbers are terrible. There has been progress. The numbers are still terrible. Less than 10% of Fortune 500 CEOs are women. The, 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 you know, Kara, the, the, the amount of VC money that goes to women founders, it's pathetic. So we started thinking about what could we do that's different from most powerful women. And we don't want to hurt that in any way. And we came up with this idea for Journey, which is a very intimate, and frankly, small but powerful women leadership community where we are connecting each year a class of 25 fellows, uh, a diverse mix of women founders and corporate executives who are very high achievers, very accomplished, but need doors open, pathways open, advice and guidance to reach top, top leadership positions. And these women have to be working on some pressing problem, challenge in the world, whether it's climate change or healthcare or education or the digital divide or whatever. And we connect them with a small group of rock star, um, renowned women leaders who we call champions. And they include Mary Barra, Roz Brewer, the CEO of Walgreens, Corey Berry, the CEO of Best Buy, Ginny Rometty, the former CEO of IBM, Melody Hobson, uh, Tori Birch, an amazing group of women. And it's very much intimate bond building and, uh, you know, small private events, virtual and live. And um, it's, pretty fantastic. We just put out a call for nominations. Mid-January is the, uh, or late January is the deadline uh, for applications. So anyone just go to journeytolead.org to see what it's about. And um, we'll be selecting our new class of 25 fellows for um, 2023. And these are general, these are 
kind of, are they pre-company? Uh, are they sort of idea? Are they- Let me give you two examples of women. Uh, we actually have a preponderance this year of women in healthcare, which we decided to embrace because transforming healthcare is a very important thing to do in the world. Um, we have one of our fellows is April Coe, who is the founder and, and CEO of Spring Health, which is a company that applies AI to provide mental health services. And April is the youngest female CEO leading a unicorn. So that's one. And then we have a woman named Adrienne Brown at Eli Lilly, who heads the $10 billion U.S. diabetes business for them. And she's a Black woman who has diabetes in her family and is very, you know, very much a champion of making diabetes treatment, giving equal access, especially for a disease like diabetes that really hits underrepresented populations more hard, you know, more harder than, than the rest of us. I love it. And Lisa Dyson, actually, we were on a panel together that you headed up. Isn't she a genius? She's amazing. We ended up getting together back here in the Bay Area and uh, has, you know, a really interesting company uh, for sure and really enjoyed meeting her. So Lisa Dyson has a, is, is the founder and CEO of a company called Air Protein, which is making protein like meat products um, out of, out of air. Yeah. NASA technology. Very, very interesting stuff. So one of the people, uh, that you formed a unique friendship with over the years is Warren Buffett. I cannot leave this interview without asking you, what is the best advice that comes to mind that Warren, uh, shared with you? Huh? Wow. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to answer that question, Kara, because <laughs> So I have come to know Warren Buffett and his family personally. And the wonderful thing about them is that they, I mean, I think everybody kind of knows this, but they are truly the most down to earth people. And um, I once, I once asked Warren, what is success? And he answered in a way that I wasn't expecting. And he said, success is having the people who you love, love you. It's powerful. I love that. That's really, really great. A great note to end on. So thank you, Patty. It was such a pleasure to talk with you and hearing all of your journey and the great insights. And we'll have all of the info in the show notes around Sellers Easton, everything around journey as well. And of course, Patty Sellers and how to connect with you. So thank you for your time today. Kara, can I, can I just, before you go, the deadline to apply to be a journey fellow is late January. Perfect. Well, thank you, Patty. Thanks again for listening to The Kara Golden Show. Please give us a review and feel free to share this podcast with others who would benefit. And of course, feel free to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Just a reminder that I can be found on all platforms at Kara Golden. And if you want to hear more about my journey, I hope you will have a listen or pick up a copy of my book, Undaunted, which I share my journey, including founding and building Hint. We are here every Monday, Wednesday, and 
Friday. Thanks everyone for listening. Have a great rest of the week and goodbye for now. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Golden. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.